Activist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This week, news from Atlassian, including a major Bitbucket announcement, a look at what's going on in the cloud, and a little chat about automation. I'm Ryan Spilkin, and I'm joined today by my favorite robots, Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burrell. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Brenda. Greetings, human. Beep, boop, beep. <laughs> so, look, guys, on to the big Atlassian news. A unicorn has been spotted. The real deal in Bitbucket Server 510, you can now add the unicorn emoji. It's funny because as we look at this article, I'm like, oh, this is sweet. There's there's so many communication improvements. You can watch the repositories, more granular notification settings, send notifications that are repository. I'm really excited about this. This helps teams communicate. And Ryan looks at the changelog and goes, unicorn emoji. Well, you know, I'm just looking for what the people want. The people have spoken. We want unicorn emojis. It is important to note that there's also um, a lot of important communication things, as Matthew mentioned. (laughs) This is really the point, right, is to talk about things. But how can you legitimately express your opinion without having a full range of unicorn emojis available? (laughs) Well, my opinion, and I would apply the unicorn emoji to this, is that the changes to the the notifications in particular are really quite nice. You have some that you can you can choose to be subscribed to nothing or some additional pull request activity. Um, they've built in batched repo emails, so instead of getting in, a new email every time something changes, you can uh, you can subscribe that in a way that it gets batched. Um, so you could you could even go in and say I want push notifications for certain things, but uh, batched emails for other things. I personally think that that would really help me get a little more organized. Um, so I'm just going to say unicorn emoji applies totally to the changes to the email notifications in Bitbucket 5.10. Excellent. <laughs> also worth noting is that there are a few new webhooks that people have been asking for um, big time. And if you use Bitbucket in conjunction with some other web services, it could be really helpful to set up a trigger for when your pull request is modified or your reviewers are updated. So good stuff. Along with these nice new notification options and searchability, we can take that into the JIRA world because in 7.9, there have been some big enhancements to JQL. And Ryan, you know me. I love me some JQL. Love it. I just spent all day JQLing it up. Searching. And even though I'm not a developer <laughs> and I don't work with that a whole lot, I'm, I really love seeing this uh, expansion to make it a bit more powerful when you've got development tools linked in. Um, being able to search fixed version by wildcard, being able to search for pull requests that are open or builds that are failing. That is, that's huge. Um, and, and then you can automate some of that, you know, create a, an issue filter subscription or put in your dashboard, send it to other people, um, pull it into other services. So some really nice improvements as, uh, Atlassian continues building these ties between the applications. Yeah. I, I saw the bit about, um, some of the additions to JQL where you can now query on, you know, 
development pull request dot open greater than zero. It's like, where was this years ago? I've needed this for so long. I didn't know I needed it, but it's here and it's magical. Unicorn emoji. <laughs> so one of the things you were also excited about, Brenda, was the ability to search for versions via wildcard. Yeah, um, I was really excited to see that in the release notes. Um, at Adaptivist, we use fixed version pretty extensively. And so being able to do a search along the lines of fixed version like something dot asterisk would be super helpful. Um, that's just the sort of nice little thing that I geek out over. Um, and I think it could be really, really useful for anybody, developers, project managers, product owners, et cetera. Um, so if you use JQL, be aware that you can do wildcard searches and fixed version because that's, I think, going to really expand your search capabilities. Another item that Atlassian actually put under the small improvements to make your day, I think this is great, disabling empty JQL queries. This is huge for system performance because when you have a filter with an empty query, in the past, it would just give you everything. And that can be quite a system hit. So to be able to disable that and to just show, hey, there's nothing here. Come on, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Nice that's touch. that's a huge improvement. That's not a small improvement. That's a huge improvement. And it's you're going to have the option to return all issues as we're used to or return no results at all. And I think that's a fantastic addition. You know, it's a big improvement that's coming to the next version of Jira. We have some news here that uh, we think is very interesting to the community. In Bitbucket 5.10, Atlassian's new design is rolled out. The new design includes the new logos, a slightly updated color scheme, and some nice aesthetic touches. And we are happy to report that, according to inside sources obtained by Adaptivist Live from... Obtained by asking, just by asking them. Secret sources. (laughs) (laughs) Super secret. Super ultra secret. Jira 7.10 is going to include the new look and feel and fixed capitalizations. The real question for me is, will capitalizing the word JIRA in Confluence no longer revert it to all caps? Yeah, that that should be fixed as well. I think that actually is fixed already in the, the latest versions. Confluence received some of these updates not all that long ago, but we've been waiting forever for JIRA to get the new logo. And for my team, um, this really impacts a lot of the training we develop, the screenshots, everything like that. We've been waiting for a long time to update some of our stuff so that we can, we can have updated screenshots. So uh, yeah, we, we got a, a reply from the principal product manager for Jira server and data center uh, 7.10 should have those. And, and we ought to be seeing that in just the next month or two uh, it's coming out before too long. Exciting news. And speaking of exciting coming, f- coming from a group of three people who, who are Trello fanatics, the new features that are rolling out to Trello are are quite exciting, but not everyone's going to see them yet. Yeah, they're kind of exciting. It would be more exciting if I actually had them. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I'm reading better. through this article that uh, we'll share the link to this article in our SoundCloud description, uh, but it's Atlassian adds new features to Trello on ZDNet. And it's like, oh, here's your new home interface where you can see cards that have been updated recently and market is complete or dismiss this notification. And I honestly, I don't know how much I will like it. I worry that it's going to, um, not so much clutter, but like expand 
the interface to us. Like it's, it looks like it has a lot of white space and I am a little concerned about that. I don't know how it's going to flow. But yeah, it's, it's not in the web interface. It's not on my, my desktop application. So I haven't actually been able to see it yet. I, I like the idea of taking it one step before you di- dip into boards. Like a little bit of a new, like a newsfeed style feature that's showing you changes that have happened immediately, and then um, and then you can dip into the boards to focus on those issues or those cards, as it were, specifically. So so look for that in your Trello in the coming weeks. Someday, someday. I mean, it might not be live for everyone, like the Gmail update, but we'll get to that soon. For your information to our listeners out there, we had a little little discussion before the podcast began about when the Gmail update would come up, and I just did it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Anyway, moving back so to the yeah, it's 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 big news. Um, moving back to the Atlassian world in Atlassian Cloud, there are also some changes that people should be aware of. Matthew, what's the one that you wanted to point out first? Oh gosh, um, which which of the cloud things? So many of the cloud things. So scrolling through, um, for for listeners of our podcast, we, we talk about this every once in a while. You don't see cloud updates in Atlassian's release notes. You instead see them on a blog, uh, if you happen to know where that blog is. And lucky for you, we will link it so you can find it. There's a couple of highlights to point out. Um, big security improvement, two-factor authentication. Um, I think that's really nice. I like to use two-factor anywhere I can. Um, some things that they've they've been talking about for a while, like uh, ending support for nested tables, that has finally happened. That's that's done. But the the two big ones, first, for those of you who use cloud or maybe are thinking about using cloud, um, one thing that you don't necessarily see in their in their release notes, but keep an eye on it, Atlassian.statuspage.io. Um, for those of you who haven't heard of Status Page, Atlassian acquired it. Oh, probably almost two years ago, year and a half ago or more. Um, it's just a service for keeping track of outages and things like that. Uh, cloud is, it's, it's had some problems this week, just in the last two weeks, since we last recorded the podcast, uh, we've had people unable to log in. Um, the last thing was investigating and resolving. We've had, uh, DNS problems where you couldn't reach a lot of the Atlassian stuff. Um, just, I think earlier this morning, as we're recording this podcast, uh, the index broke in cloud and Jira, so you couldn't search for anything. Issues weren't showing up. Dashboards weren't working. Probably related to one of the things you'll see in the release notes where Atlassian did a huge search, quote-unquote, improvement um, that broke search globally in cloud. Uh, so every one of these, if you look at them in status page, they're all resolved within a couple hours. Like Atlassian is on it. They are they're fixing stuff quick. But just be aware, it's kind of like once or twice a week. And so keep an eye on the release notes to see what they're changing. Keep an eye on status page to see you know where you might be running into some challenges. Those engineers have to be uh, scrambling like there's a fire under them. <laughs> That's got to be something. You, you got to be. You know what you got to be, Ryan. You got to be agile. Which brings <laughs> us to the next bit of news about uh, about cloud. Um, this was news to me. It's always uh, I always feel a little embarrassed when there's something that is news to me. I feel like I should already know everything immediately as soon as it comes into existence. I thought but you did know this. It turns out uh, it turns out even Ryan gets ahead of me sometimes. Once in a while, and I'm shocked, absolutely <laughs> shocked. I'm not I'm not sure I can handle this new truth. We may have to end the podcast right now. <laughs> it's very um, rare. <laughs> in this case, um, it's a new feature in Jira Software Cloud called agility boards. And we noticed this because we were reading through some of the, the cloud 
updates. And I'm pausing here because I'm trying to remember how we noticed this. It was because one of the cloud updates is that you can now invite yes. users directly to your agility board, to which we all said, what's an agility board? What's an agility board? So yeah, the, the release is add more issue types to independent agility projects. Um, and then there was one of, of being able to quickly invite people to your agility board who don't necessarily have a Jira account. And we're like, what's an agility board? Have we rebranded Jira software for like the fourth time? But it turns out, no, this is an alternative to Scrum or Kanban boards. It's a third board type in Jira software. I have not seen it. My guess is that it's taking a page from Trello. It's just quick and easy. Throw it together with some columns, throw some cards on it, transition them, get stuff done, which I love Trello for that. So it makes sense. Matthew, you're absolutely correct. Um, That is pretty much what an agility board is. And you can find a link to documentation about it in the SoundCloud description. I think this is where Atlassian is going. I think this Mm -hmm. is going to be something that we see a lot of in the future. And frankly, it's good. It absolutely is. It's one of those interesting things where a lot of Atlassian experts I know, this is sort of a tangential example, they kind of hate the new Jira experience. They don't like the issue view when you're you're working with a software board and you click a card and it pops up like an overlay and shows you the stuff there. They, They like that issue detail view on the right like it used to be. Um, and it still is for many people. They don't like that pop-up. But Atlassian is building based on customer feedback. And uh, um, I know for my part, I love Trello. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy to see more of that coming in where I can have that type of data alongside my more robust portfolio and, and project management data. And one thing that um, Atlassian is is sort of focusing on with these independent projects, these agility boards, is that they can be set up without requiring a Jira admin. So I've definitely seen Atlassian moving towards people being able to set up and administer their own projects, taking these sorts of tasks off of the Jira administrator. Um, so this is this is not an unsurprising move from Atlassian, given that we've been seeing this sort of direction of of moving away from Jira admin must do all the things. So how does, in the long run, how do we balance autonomy for a team with an agility board with reporting from a stakeholder perspective? That's going to be a, a question that I think we work through for a while in the, com- in the coming months and years. It begs the question of what you're using the agility board for. Like, I don't need to report from my Trello board of how long it took me to get some emails done or follow up or schedule some meetings if I just need to share something. I mean, we're using a Trello board to manage this podcast and, and what stories we talk about. We don't really need to report on that. So I think that the answer probably, you know, people will use it different ways. We'll see what the what you know how it plays out. But I think often when you're using agility boards, because you don't need that reporting, you just need to get shit done. Amen to that. And if you're the type of person who actually likes to do um, high-level reporting, maybe you're a Jira portfolio user. So you're looking at boards from lots of different places to see uh, what kind of shit is getting done. And in that case, if you upgraded to Jira Portfolio 2.13, y'all been canceled. Okay, so you got to back it up. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um yeah, if if you if you're the Jira admin who is getting stuff done and uh, keeping up with your upgrades, unfortunately, and you probably already know this, if you're that type of, of admin who's really on top of it, uh, 2.13 had some some issues, uh, was canceled, and if you did upgrade, uh, please downgrade quickly soon to 2.12.1. We'll link those release notes and the guidance 
um, in the notes here. Uh, support can help you out from lasting if, if need be. Thankfully, downgrading add-ons is uh, not too onerous. Like it's, it's not like the application. Um, so, you know, often it's just like a, a uninstall the add-on, reinstall your data is fine. But check out the documents before you take any steps uh, and make sure you're on a stable version. Moving on to another announcement from Atlassian. This is a good good week for Atlassian announcements. Um, Jira Service Desk has gotten a significant improvement to its approval process. Now, approvals can be done in multiple places, meeting the approver where they are. So now we're able to send approvals through email. Um, and all that takes is a variable in your new email. Um, so as someone who does approvals for various things um, in my day-to-day job, some of those things come to me via email. And it's I love the ones that have just click here and approve and it's done as opposed to log in, find the thing, click the approve button. I'm lazy. I'm busy. I have things to do. Being able to click a button directly in the email that just does what I tell it to do. It's fantastic. So to see that this is happening in um, service desk emails Phenomenal. I love it. I'm happy to click the approve button because it's in the email. Um, Of course, we've got improvements to the customer portal itself. If I am looking at an issue directly in the portal, I can click the approve button. Life is good. Um, So, And and there's also some cool stuff about automation. Um, Yeah. So extending from uh, this new approval functionality uh, in Service Desk 3.9, and the then clause, we can now say, you know, either auto approve something, you know, depending on if it matches a particular value, let's just progress this through, fast track it. And so it's nice to see sort of this holistic development where it's all tied together and it's working well. So I'm excited to see this type of thing. Uh, I'm always excited to work with uh, Velocity and email templates and variables. And so I'll be putting a story into our backlog for Adaptless Learn, which is online at Lassian Training, for Jira Service Desk course, so that for our email template chapter, uh, we can write in some training on how to do this and some best practices around using it. It's one of those things that um, you could do in other ways before, but it took a lot of custom development and knowing velocity. And now it's just going to be, it's not quite drag and drop. It's more like select from a list and it inputs, but it's, it's some really nice functionality. My big question, though, is when will the Gmail interface just have the approval button when you read the subject line? That's what I need. Oh, oh, oh. and there we are again, the Gmail update. Um, All right, so we've got an item for Matthew Stubblefield's backlog, and that is to take the Project Administration in Jira Server certification exam. Matthew, are you going to do it or what? I totally am. This will be my first certification exam. Uh, I have four other certifications because I, I helped write them. I wrote the questions and answers and all the study materials. And True story. It, it turns out you can't take a test when you, when you already know all the answers, so they just they give you the cert. Um, project admin will be something new. I mean, I've been working with Jira for over a decade. Um, partly I'm taking it just because I'm curious. I look at the, the training that they have for this, and it's almost 10 hours of material. Uh, and I'm like, man, project admins, you can create components and versions in the new versions. You can create some simple workflows and screens, but 10, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to spend 10 hours training, but you know what? I'm going to do it and I'll take that cert. And then next podcast, a couple of weeks, I'll report back. We'll see how it went. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Matthew is going to take the exam and he's going to report back to us. I think he's going to come back to us a husk of a man completely. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> com- completely drained from the the certificate. Not really. And of course, you'll have a link to the the article that we're we're discussing now in our SoundCloud. Um, but the fact that the project administrator, it looks like you get almost three hours of review about running reports. That's true. I was surprised that the the like two hours, 40 minutes on reports, dashboards, and JQL. Um, when I p- teach people advanced JQL and dashboard, like we're just walking through how to, how to write it and everything. If I'm going super in-depth, it's maybe two hours. Um, I mean, maybe that's, that's where they're going with this. I'll be curious. Um, maybe they've got Jira software reports tied in as well. I, I don't have the full scope of what they've got here. But I mean, understanding permissions and assigning project roles a project admin can't create a permission scheme. So like just knowing the definitions of them and how to add a user to a role, I'm not sure how that takes an hour and 15 minutes. Um, I'm not sure how (laughs) 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 configuring project workflows from the perspective of the project admin and the limitations that are on them. I'm not sure how that's an hour and a half of training. Um, I mean, it's when we do workflow training for Jira admins, just the time on the workflow is typically an hour and a half. That's for the Jira admin. They, they do a lot more than a project admin. So I'll be really curious to see, you know, what the time is spent on and what this is going towards. Um, I'm guessing it's a lot of informational stuff. You can't do this, but we're going to teach you the stuff so you can talk with your Jira admin about it. And I'm guessing a lot of the test is going to be knowing what you can do and what you need to ask for help with. But we'll see. We'll know in a couple of weeks. All right. Do you want to wish Matthew good luck? Send us an email at learn at adaptivist.com. And theoretically, our last subject of the day is a great post on the Atlassian blog. Three ways that humans still have the upper hand in the age of AI. You're hearing a lot in the news these days about automation. It's taken your gerbs. It's, it's going to take your gerb. It, it is, you know, we have some super geniuses who've recently left the planet. We're very concerned about the effect of artificial intelligence on humanity. Um, and then you've got guys like James Cameron who also think artificial intelligence is going to be Skynet, etc. For all of these vaunted in- intellects hyping up the potential disaster of AI, we also have Elon Musk freely admitting that over-reliance on robotics has caused production issues with the Tesla Model 3. Mr. Musk, if you're listening, I'll take one. Just PM me for the address. I'll be. I'll test for you, no problem. So I am not so sure that AI is such a tremendous threat, but we still have to be ready to work with it because algorithms are the future. Yeah, and one of the things that I often counsel people when they're implementing the Atlassian tools, they're using them, you get a lot of good data, you get a lot of good reports, but the the tools, the data, it can't make decisions for you. And that's that's where AI still comes down. You know, Ryan, you and I are doing a lot of work with Jira Portfolio right now. We've really, we're writing a portfolio course for Adaptivist Learn that'll be out in just another month or so. Uh, and the deeper we go down that rabbit hole, the more it solidifies this, this you know, conclusion for me of you shouldn't be using this to make your decisions. It's a good data point. It can help you with your forecast and help you figure things out. It can raise a flag, but it can't interpret the data for you. Um, You still got to be thinking through it. And you still, as a manager, a project manager, a scrum master, uh, Jira admin, you have to be the one to come up with the creative solution. 
for how to move things forward because our our design and architecture up to this point is still fairly linear. Yeah, I, I think we're still doing a, a better job. I don't think we're we're there yet. We're as particularly in in the tech industry, there's a lot that still can't be automated away. And uh, these these algorithms, these thinking algorithms, can only think the way the people program them to. And we see this in bias issues. We see this in in ways where the algorithm can't think about things that the programmers didn't think about. And I suppose that when that happens is when we really need to look to James Cameron for guidance. But that's a whole different thing. Well, like one of the interesting things with the AI programming happening is um, developing the computer that builds a computer, you know, where it's programming itself. And then it starts, uh, in, you know, sort of developing at an exponential rate. Uh, and they've, they've actually gotten to the point. There was an interesting article I read. Uh, it's been, it was last year of, uh, an AI program. It was, it was a, a virtual sort of program. You saw a little guy on a screen, um, teaching itself to walk by interacting with a virtual environment and then teaching other programs, you know, t- so teaching a new program to walk. So the second program learned much more quickly. It wasn't a human interacting with it at that point. It was just the human gave it the potential to get feedback from the environment and then change its behavior based on that feedback. Um, so things like that, really fascinating stuff. Um, but things around how do we resolve conflicts between teams or team members? How do we decide prioritization of one thing over another? You can write a lot of algorithms and calculations to help you, you know, help you get data around that. But ultimately, um, I think there, there's still some of those decisions and some of those paths forward that humans are going to have to, to do. And the best practices that Atlassian suggests in the blog are very solid, right? Starting with think beyond the Google search box. And that's not just talking about looking for information. It's not recommending that you go back to the microfiche. It is suggesting mm. that we challenge ourselves to conflict and to creativity, Right? Things that not everyone is initially comfortable with. So I, I like that point. And I also really like the whole thing about using tools to foster human interaction. When the robot, or the robot being the AI, can tell me, hey, you should pay attention to this. I like that because that's now it's saying, okay, this is a message that you need to be aware of. That's communication. That's facilitated communication. Not so much the robot doing my job. Because if the robot could do my job... I'd be on the beach. This is not necessarily Atlassian related, but I had a sleep study done the other night and <clears throat> it was an at-home sleep study. I checked out the equipment. I put it on I slept. I brought it back in. And, um, the doctor I'm working with downloaded the data. And mostly it was, I want to make sure that we've got good solid data points before we send this off to be read by the specialist. And, and as, as she went through this and it was, it was showing me the timeline of the night, there were yellow boxes highlighting in various places on the data. And she said, well, that's being flagged for the specialist to look at in particular. And that's the sort of thing where this is what, what made me think of that was we're going to send this massive amount of data to a specialist and they could either pour through the entire thing and maybe miss something or they could start with these highlighted yellow boxes. And an algorithm had, gone, had been written to identify here are things you should take a look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, fingers crossed that I get a a result back from this sooner rather than later. So I'm perfectly happy to see lots of yellow boxes for a specialist to review. Um, but that's the sort of thing that is making jobs easier 
um, especially when you're dealing with just massive amounts of data like that. And, and kind of getting back to the article that we had been talking about, I, I love I love the three things that it recommends: the think beyond Google search, use tools to foster human interaction. Um, I I had worked with a group of users in a prior job that um, they were insistent on running a process. They were working through this process manually that was taking them two to three full working days to complete. And they were very reluctant to give that up because that's kind of some job security. And when we were able to build them a process that, that ran through and produced all of this in the span of just a few hours, they were like, this frees us up for so much other stuff. And we're like, there's uh-huh. so much room for activities. Well, and it's, this is where you now, you, instead, of, instead of manually kicking off these processes, someone's just sitting at a screen going, button, button, button. That person's freed up to go, hey, I have this great idea about this other thing. And that's where that fostering the human interaction is going to come from, I think. And imperatively, you have to know how to use these tools. And that requires solid training. We got to train everyone to get along. We got to train everyone to be comfortable with the tools. And a great way to get your team comfortable on the same page and firing on all cylinders with the Atlassian suite is with Adaptivist Learn, which is online videos on demand for Atlassian training that's targeted and focused. And we're very proud of it, in case you haven't been able to tell. Well, guys, it looks like we've run out of time to discuss the Gmail update. No. Well, for those of you who are curious, just you know, click that little cog at the top right, turn on the new stuff. I'm... I've, I'm a big inbox user. I like Google's inbox because I like to snooze mail till future dates and have it bundled. This brings the snooze into Gmail. Um, you get proper labeling. You get better message composition tools. And in particular, a feature I wasn't aware was coming, but I'm really liking is the right sidebar for things like notes and tasks and calendar. It's one of those things that I really enjoyed in Thunderbird uh, back in the day. I, I And every like couple of years, I go back and reinstall Thunderbird to see if it's less shitty and it's not. Um, but I liked having the, I think it was the sunbird add on, which gave me my calendar on the right side of my email. Gmail now has that baked in and it's a very nice implementation and I'm, I'm really digging it. Is it the inbox killer? Tune in next time to find out. That being said, we thank you so much for listening to this edition of Adaptivist Live. Be sure to check out the SoundCloud description for links to all of the articles that we have discussed today. If you have a question or if you'd like to suggest an article or maybe even be a guest on the podcast, please email us at learn at adaptivist.com. So for Brenda Burl and Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live. That, that really was the worst, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Do it again. If we had a sad unicorn emoji, that's where I would put it. Uh.